Hello, welcome to Pinecones and Moonstones, where science, witchcraft, and history combine. I'm Cassie. And I'm Desiree. Uh, and this week, we are talking about poison plants and the poison path. That's, which is one of my favorites. Yeah, I haven't tried it before, but now I kind of want to. If you hear me snapping at things, it's because the dogs are in here, and like children, they are fighting. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we just had a drum delivered to our house. That's exciting. <laughs> oh, oh my god. My husband and my daughter are like, we're going to start a band, and we're going to get on YouTube and get famous. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> like... So many instruments happening. It's, yeah. There's amps involved, too. And then the cat threw up on the amp, and I had to clean that up, and it was a whole big thing. Like, nothing to do with poison plants, but the quarantine is definitely getting to the kids and my husband. (laughs) Anyway. The poison path. Yeah. Let me... Can you hear that? He's drumming now. I was not even fucking kidding. They just delivered a drum, and he's down there going nuts on it. Oh, now I hear it. <laughs> it's a Kajan drum. <laughs> oh, I want to get a seed drum, but I think it would be a problem for our neighbors, so I will wait. <laughs> well, I'll let you know what our neighbors say. That should be a good clue. <laughs> Then I can, like, drum along with High Lung. It'll be good. <laughs> that would be cool, though. Oh. Okay, so what I have is basically, like, lists of plants that people use and, like, what they use them for and kind of just the basics of what the poison path is, generally. <laughs> uh, so the big, the big one that they all hit on was... Um, the use of psychotropic mushrooms for flying, with my little finger quotes that no one can see, um, because what you would do is basically eat the shrooms, and then you would think you were flying to do your magic work, and so that's their explanation for flying, which is kind of interesting. Um, But essentially, the poison path is using herbs and flowers and sometimes trees that are poisonous to greater and lesser degrees. Um, Some of them are very, very fatal in the wrong dosage uh, to both kind of like treat things. So uh, like making medical or healing salves and stuff like that. Or just in your own practice to kind of induce hallucinations and other effects like that, basically, is what it's I... It's kind of a twofold thing. Um, I would say when you're talking about the poison path in general, it's the... Oh, my God, I'm going to strangle him. <laughs> it is... Oh, my God. It is the, um, the sort of encompassing in your practice both the negative and positive effects of something uh, of most of the time it's a plant it's not always mushrooms as much but there's other things that they used to put in flying ointments that Mm -hmm. they referred to like that so it's it's not always the super hallucinogenic mushrooms sometimes it's just the ones like um pretty sure mugwort used to be in along with belladonna and that kind of thing so it's um, whatever you're taking that puts you in, uh, there's a word for it, basically puts you in the witch zone. So if yeah, you're like a... to help you get there, you're kind of on the poison path. And they actually refer to um, weed and uh, salvia, and there's another one as um, like poison plant allies, because they're, they're a plant that you use to sort of get into those sort of meditation zones or to trip balls, I guess, if you really want to, depending on what you're using. Um, but it's, it's like sort of branches out from there. And so when you're on the path, it's sort of learning about the positive and negative effects of any plant, which I mean, even if you're not the poisonous ones, there's still a lot of plants out there that if you take too much of are going to fuck up different organs of your body. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, lavender is pretty easy, but I'm trying to think of one 
I mean, there's certain ones like in teas, if you drink too much of that kind of tea, you're going to get kidney stones. And then there's other plants you can add in your tea that will get rid of kidney stones. So it's kind of, uh, it's twofold there. And the, the poison plants are not always like poison, poison, like kill you poison. It's more like they'll just kind of make you sick if you use too much. Yeah. There's a couple that are, like, belladonna is fatal if you take too much of it. So, like, there's a couple that definitely are. It is, yes, but it's also (laughs) included in actually a a lot of things that are even sold in stores. Oh, yeah. Like, there was eye drops I used to take for, like, seasonal pink eye. You know, you get, like, allergy pink eye, and they have belladonna in them. You can get pink eye from allergy. I don't know. It's weird. It's, like, a recurring thing. Um, they had belladonna in that for any sort of eye treatment. So you're actually putting belladonna in your eyeballs. And... <laughs> I have a little eye, so I'm, like, very, very much imagining everything. And my brain did not like that one. You're like, belladonna. Nope. I don't recommend that. But uh, I, I think that it's one of the... I mean... It, any witch that works with herbs is going to come across an herb that has some sort of, you know, negative effect. So really, you're all like that. Dog stampede. Yeah, they left. <laughs> Mark They're probably bored. moved. <laughs> um, but a lot of the the websites I found focus mostly on um, Europe, but I found one that talks about the use of it elsewhere. But it's it's pretty common in most pre-Christianity societies to have uh, medicines of all kinds made out of things that are harmful in too mu- too many doses. I mean, we still have medicine that's harmful in too high an amount today. So, like, it's not new. Um, but uh, uh, most of them seem to fall into the nightshades family, which I thought was also interesting. It's like the whole family of plants is pretty commonly used um the big ones are mugwort um and then uh bittersweet nightshade wormwood um let's see other website here we go uh fly agaric is one of the mushrooms uh, well let's see Belladonna, we already talked about the screaming mandrake plant, like the little Harry Potter guys that scream. I love mandrake, that's my favorite. <laughs> um, yeah, it, they don't actually scream, but they no. were probably used in flag ointments. Um, let's see, Datura, uh, henbane, uh, wormwood. Uh, what are you? Um, no, that's still a nightshade. Yeah. And, uh, hellebore? Helebore. Huh? Helebore. Helebore, is that how you say it? It's really pretty. The flowers on those are... I don't think I've ever seen that one in person. Um, hemlock, which a lot of the trees are used by, like, um cutting off little bitty branches and boiling them to make uh, essentially salt, but it's it's got different properties depending on the tree. Uh, Foxglove is a good one. If you've ever watched The X-Files, it's Digitalis mm-hmm. with the Creepy Twins episode. Uh, Aconite, Elder, Mistletoe, which I thought was funny because mm-hmm. Christmas, um, and you. Those are, yeah, I would say that's a pretty decent list. I mean, but honestly, you could look up any, I mean, you could just go walk down wherever you are and find a plant that's probably considered poisonous that's used as a medicine. So it really also depends on your locality, like Mm -hmm. what you got around you. Um, I think that finding a good base for your knowledge of these is super duper important. Like, I don't know what books you checked out or what websites you're looking on, but um, I don't tend to trust most of it. There's only like two or three that I will take the information from and actually believe it. (laughs) So 
Most of them are just, like, blogs where people list, like, the history of different poison plants and, like, what they, what people use them for. So, -hmm. like, I have another one that talks about um, places other than Europe (laughs) that uh, use it. So, um, indigenous uh, people in the New World, which is, like, the Americas, and then also uh, Native Africans would use Carare, which is um, usually used to coat uh, projectile points and mm-hmm. spear points, because it's a muscle relaxant, um, and it, if you get too much of it, it eventually causes you to asphyxiate. Um, they yeah. also used a lot of, uh, the natural version of strychnine, hmm. which I think is kind of ingenious. Um, and then, uh, Belladonomantric nightshades, um, in northern Mexico, they used to make, uh, salves with, uh, Datura to treat, um, to make a flying ointment and also to treat venereal disease, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. Um, they also commonly used ve- the venom from snakes and lizards. Um, like, people would collect it, which we've, uh, I mean, you have the Cleopatra history for, uh... The old world, but um, we get a lot of evidence that there was probably a level of anti-venom that people were making, uh, because it's always, you can find the venom um, residues on clay pots mm. when you do the chemical testing. Um, so a lot of times people think it was either, like, making a medicine to kind of induce hallucinating with, like, a, a spirit journey type idea, or... Um, Sometimes it's to paint onto stuff. Um, in the 18th century, they actually used toad venom um, to add to explosive shells. So not only are you getting, like, gunpowder and shrapnel trying to kill you, but you could just get cut and the venom would kill you, too. That's pretty genius. Yeah. They got the idea from the 16th century Italians because they would... Um, put the toad venom on salt and sprinkle uh, people's food with it. Also pretty genius. <laughs> um, and then the uh, Chinese used to collect venom from a type of fish and use it to um, treat toothaches, mouth sores, sinus inflammation, and bleeding gums. And they'd make, like, little pills out of it. Um... And a lot of Caribbean uh, traditions involve uh, poisonous fish, mm-hmm. like uh, rays especially, but um, a lot of poisonous fish and coral, like the coral that you step on and your your skin like blows up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they use a lot of that, which is pretty interesting. So it's it's... No matter what tradition you're looking for, I feel like it's it's a pretty common step in the herbalism phase of just having people living together and trying to treat disease in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I what, are they, what is the word? God, I, sorry, I lost. I did have one website saved up here that I started to read. There's a word that they used for it that I thought was fun. But they said that basically any sort of um, culture where they had any sort of, uh, like, shamanic person in their culture would be using these things on the regular. It's just, like, part of what they do. And um, the only one that really doesn't would be Christianity. And that's how it sort of made this big divide between uh, the devils. They call them baneful herbs or the devil's herbs. Mm -hmm. And it sort of spiraled out from there. The word is entheogenic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yay, we got a word. <laughs> so I, there's a couple, there are, I shouldn't even say a couple, there's like a million different ways you can take a lot of these. Um, unless you really know what you're doing, I normally, I, I don't recommend making them for yourself unless it's one of the gentler ones, but there are ways that you can work with these things um, in a, in a, basically safe sort of way and that would be making a flower essence 
which is sort of like where you have filtered water and some alcohol and you just sort of put the flower in there for a minute or two and then take it out and be like, it's essence, it's in there. Uh, probably longer like than a minute or two. <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. It actually has the, the plant in it. It's longer. It's much more complicated than that. what I just said. I'm a jerk. But um, <laughs> it's, normally it's 50% brandy and 50% water. And then you soak the um, the flower, what, the part of the plant in there. And it makes like a really light essence of whatever okay. it is. So it does still have some plant matter in it, but it's not as strong as a tincture. Um, you can also obviously make tea, but I don't recommend a lot of these stronger ones as a tea. The only ones that I've really seen uh, for tea would be mugwort. They put mugwort in quite a bit of teas and like body oils and stuff. Or um, yarrow. Did You mentioned yarrow earlier, didn't you? Or was that just yeah. to me? It might have been just to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember, but I feel like I did. If not, yarrow is a very common one. <laughs> Hold on two seconds. I'm getting work texts now. God damn it. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Could ignore that. Um, the flying ointments or the salves are the probably becoming the more popular way to take these things now. Um, my favorite, and I'll prop her till the end of my days, is Sarah Ann Lawless and her website on offering information on all these things is like, it is just dripping with information and I love it. Every time I go on there, I find something different about um, the uses for all of these herbs. And then she talks about growing them and caring for them. And there's just so much to taking care of these plants. It's endlessly fascinating to me. But um, I think she's also starting to teach an online course in these, which I would love to take if I had the time and the is. But, uh, so, like, on the regular, I tend to work with mandrake, which is one of my favorites, because it's really good for depression, and it's not one of the ones they recommend for, like, helping you sleep or anything. It's basically just very uplifting. It's an okay. uplifting, um, happy, excitable sort of plant, uh, whereas a lot of the other ones, like the belladonna, the mugwort, the wormwood... Datura, all of those tend to be sort of like downers, help you chillax. I'm more of an uppers person, which makes no sense because I'm always like, blah, 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 like running around. You'd think I'd want to chill for a little bit, but I don't. That's just me. <laughs> I would say uh, working with what I have. So I've also worked with foxglove and um, henbane. I've worked with most of them, I would say. And the only ones, the only effects I've had that were maybe not great was one time I think I used too much um henbane and I got nauseous mm. that was it and that was one time so I mean to each their own but make sure you do your research before you start even taking like the essences of these because like mugwort can um affect your birth control it can affect if you're pregnant it can cause miscarriages or bleeding and stuff like that so all of these have things that you want to check if what not with your doctor then at least you know read the warning signs on these sort of things yeah I mean I would recommend checking with your doctor but I realize people are varying levels of communicative with authority figures like that so I have no doctor because they keep leaving Aww. yeah I'm um, my doctor now I found a book about this uh, that I have not read, but it has very good reviews on a couple of different sites. But it's called uh, Vin bleh, Vinificium Magic, oh, okay. Witchcraft, and the Poison Path. Okay. I've actually read an excerpt um, from that one. It was pretty good so far. I didn't get the whole thing, so I can't vouch for the, is it going to make Cassie mad? I don't know. I didn't get that far. <laughs> <laughs> it might. I mean, I made it through one really horrible book, and then I DNR'd the second one because, like, no, did not read. Um, <laughs> when I when I've thrown it five times before I get to page fifteen, I just am done. 
but this one seems okay. Um, let's see if I had any other random things. I really haven't done much with these, so I don't like have things to add. Um, oh, I found a um a thing that links astrology to it. Uh, mm-hmm. which is the Ironically, a couple of the planets that are in retrograde right now, or about to be in June, uh, Venus, Saturn, and Mercury are, like, the tripartite of the planets for the, um, poison path. Uh, so. Also, anybody who does any sort of, like, death work, or, you know, incorporates that into their rituals shadow work, any of the death gods or goddesses or, you know, deities, those are almost always somehow linked into whatever you're doing, whether it's as an offering or as part of the ritual, like taking it, um, also burning it on top of charcoal, like for as an incense is another good one. Um, I forgot my point. I had a point. I don't know. Connected to death work. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> um, that's what I've used Yarrow for before is um, spreading it just like in a field as an offering. So I put it um, on candles, mugwort on candles. Actually, I think I have a candle with mugwort on it, but like. I don't remember which one, but that, yes, I think there is. I don't remember which I have to look. <laughs> My own stuff. I remember being like, oh, now I'll know what that actually looks like. And <laughs> that that's the only Well, it's ground up. Mugworts uh, grows pretty well out here in Washington. I'm not sure how how well the stuff grows in hotter weather. I've tried to grow moonflower myself, which is Datura, um, and I could not. I got one little boop, and then he died, and I was like, no, I was devastated. Um, but wormwood grows pretty well out here, and then... Uh, I you know I don't know about belladonna. It probably does, but I haven't. I can't think of where I've seen it. Foxglove grows like fucking crazy out here, and I love it because it's so pretty. But um, henbane's one I haven't seen here, but I know it grows in Canada. Mm. And then mandrake was a European thing that they started to bring over. But I actually did a blog on this like two years ago because I I loved mandrakes. I still do. Um, they went through this big craze over in Europe, uh, using them for love magic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you dig them up and it's supposed to make the person, you know, yours forever or whatever. So much so that the plant got almost picked to extinction and, um, people would start making fake mandrakes to sell people. It was a different plant that didn't even really look like it, but then they'd like kind of cut it to make it look like a mandrake when you pull it out. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was called, but supposedly if you eat the little apples that grow on the top of man, like the mandrake fruit, you know, mm-hmm. fruit and then flat or flower and then fruit uh, is supposed to be good for love magic as well. Hmm. Which is interesting that mandrake is linked to that because mandrake, I'm pretty sure is one of the only poison path herbs that can, it is safe for your mucus membranes. Oh, so you can use it in your naughty bits if you really wanted to. Nope. <laughs> I'm always speaking specifically to you, Cassie. <laughs> but, uh, it's one that's safe for that sort of thing. So that might be kind of why they associate it with love magic so much. It's like an uplifting, ecstatic sort of drug, I guess. You call it a drug? Yeah. yeah. I wonder right. if Poppy... Uh, counts as a poison plant. I didn't see it listed anywhere, and I wonder if it's because it counts more as, like, a medicinal plant. (laughs) But, yeah, it definitely should. Yeah. But I wonder if it's because it gets way more fatal with what we make it into rather than the plant itself. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's the extracts from it that they turn into the more potent versions. I don't, I don't know. Like opiates and stuff. So I don't know. Uh, I do know that a lot of poppies don't even have um, that chemical in them anymore. 
they've been like crossbred and stuff so many times that they just don't have it. They did it on purpose so that people would stop growing them for the opium. I mean, I believe that. Because you have to have a uh, a license to grow the the other ones in the U.S. The the kind that like you make opium out I of. I think they sold them at all here. I I knew um, Layla's grandma had brought some seeds with her over from Thailand and had grown the the actual <laughs> kind, and they look a lot different. They're yeah, like, um, there are a couple of big pharmacies that have like poppy fields in Alabama hmm. um, but you have to have a license and they're like super fenced around them and stuff it's crazy I didn't know that that's cool mm-hmm. cool and I think most of it, it most of it that goes into like uh prescription opiates and stuff is imported though because it's a big thing for the Middle East mm-hmm. uh, one of the I read an article on Pathios the, that uh, was mentioning that the poison plant, uh, path sort of incorporated um, anyone who used any sort of plants that were considered devil plants, which hmm. they, they weren't always poison. So really, you could claim to be on the poison path if you were just interested in herbalism. Yeah. Like, I, eventually, if you dive into any sort of herbalism book or course or whatever, you're going to, you're going to step into these plants that start to have these effects. Yeah, I mean, you would have to, really. They have a couple of good episodes on Belladonna on, um, this podcast will kill you and In Defense of Plants, because they did a couple of crossovers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that and maybe opiates was one where they talked to uh the defensive plants guy about poppies but uh if you're looking for plant specific podcasts and defensive plants is great most of the um plants we mentioned in here are uh mostly aside from using them in the you know the meditative sense or as an offering or whatever are used for pain relief for like mm-hmm. joints rheumatism that kind of thing um and sleep basically helping people sleep so I think that's interesting their uses and sort of who was known for making them in the past hundreds of years it wasn't like it was you know it was the old person you went to for on the low meds in your village yeah who probably had arthritis and needed this shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's just making the constant stock of it. And then it just happened to sort of have these trippy qualities, which is pretty neat. But um, I think they're they're helpful, but you have to find the right one that sort of fits with you. Like, I tend to not like ones that make me sleepy for the most part, except for now. I, like... I can't sleep, so I have, I, I'll use whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, Nothing's really seemed to be working. But for the most part, I tend to like things that don't make me sleepy because I'm always like, but what if, what if the house burns down and I need to get up and run everybody out and then save the cat? And then, <laughs> you know. So I, I think a lot of that has to do with anxiety, but I, um, I prefer these sort of poison plants over weed. I don't enjoy... Uh, I use the, like, salves and stuff for my joints, but I don't, um, I don't like to smoke weed because it makes me anxious, whereas these sort of have the opposite effect. See, weed has the opposite effect for me. It's amazing. (laughs) I wish I liked it. It's so readily available around here, and everyone else seems to have a real good time, and it just makes me, like, I don't know. I mean, when I was young... But I didn't have kids, and it was like, oh, I'm going to go to bed, so I'll just smoke a giant bowl and go to bed. (laughs) Can't do that now. Like, (laughs) Oh, no, probably wouldn't be good. Oh. Well, that's all I have, because I don't know much about this, but... (laughs) It's hard to, I mean, unless we're talking about a specific one you know yeah. like it's hard to dive into plants as a whole it's it's plants that are 
are one poisonous two have any sort of effects that might be you know you might make you see things hear things feel things which really could be anything yeah uh, that's like every plant every plant is a poison oh valerian we forgot about that oh yeah valerian wild lettuce did you know that I didn't know that. Catnip? Catnip would make sense. Chamomile? That can come here. Motherwort? No. Oh. Uh, Jackson, come here. So anyway, good, um, good resources for information on this like i said before the sarah ann lawless website which is banefolk.com my friend megan who runs the herbal moon apothecary which is local up here she actually teaches um she does like a uh, herbalism course in person where you can like she'll teach you how to forage stuff locally and you learn about the plants and how to make all these you know tinctures and oils and stuff but she also if you support her on patreon Every couple weeks, she gives you just, like, a shit ton of information on the plant with pictures and uses and different things you can make out of it and how to make these things. And, um, like, all of these plants that we've talked about, I'm pretty sure she's touched on yarrow at some point. But I think this week might be comfrey for her, which is interesting. Like, there's a lot of plants I haven't even considered using for things. Um, Yeah, I have a a book called American Herbal that I got from uh, Everyday Magic, and it... um, has a section on poison plants. I just haven't started reading the book yet. I'm planning to this summer. It's going to happen, finally. But uh, I feel like most basic herb or plant identification books for wherever you are is probably a good place to start, too, Mm -hmm. because it would at least tell you, like, if you are foraging them instead of growing them yourself, it'll tell you, like, seasonality when to look for them what regions to look for them in you know uh identification wise is also probably really good if you're using these because there are like like sweet pea looks a lot like a specific type of wild potato Mm. um and if you mixed those two things up that would be bad so definitely pay attention to either pictures, drawings, like, do your research before you try to find a plant in the wild, no matter what kind of plant it is. That goes quadruply so for anyone foraging mushrooms. Yep. For either eating or psychedelic purposes, because they're, I'm in a mushroom, I mean, I don't forage for mushrooms, I just like to look at them. I'm Mm -hmm. in a mushroom identification group on Facebook, and there are so many mushrooms that they take pictures of that, like, experts will go back and forth about what it is and some of these mushrooms look almost identical and the only way you'd be able to tell which is the one you want is if you did like a spore sample which takes a few days yeah so I mean there's a lot to that and I haven't messed with mushrooms and I don't see that happening as a upright citizen of the law with children (laughs) yeah not not my particular thing but uh, mushrooms are one of the most common reasons, uh, first responders get called, uh, to do a quick treatment on, like, the Appalachian Trail and stuff like that, um, because people think that they know what they're eating, and it turns out, hey, it's not a morel, it's not a thing you should eat, um, it happens a lot, uh, and a lot of people actually die because they eat the wrong kind of mushroom and can't get too medical treatment fast enough so the research end of this type of shit needs to be real heavy (laughs) (laughs) before Uh, you do any playing harder so if you're if you're looking for a good place to start i would say the most readily available thing you're going to find is uh mugwort Mm -hmm. because that's um i mean really it's i shouldn't say it's hard to like overdo it on these but it doesn't take much. The effects are very gentle. You probably won't notice the first time you're trying this in any form, whether it's tea or a salve or whatever. It, it takes a lot of it to, you know, have any sort of effect on you. And it's, you I mean, you can make it into like a compress. You know, you don't even have to put it in your body. 
you can just burn it uh, in your candle like we've done and it'll still sort of have those same effects at least ritually and energetically if, if you're not willing to you know eat them I would say if you're not ready to take these plants in, at least look at them because they're all very pretty. All that of my are, like use are. them. You could use them as an offering or something. Like put it if you pick one, but you don't want to like fuck with it. Put it on your altar, dry mm-hmm. it maybe. You know, do something like so you can at least, I guess, represent it if you're not going to use it. Um, especially if you're working with uh a deity or something that like that's a common offering for them would probably be a good idea in my that's a genius idea and also then you get to have fun like finding a flower but not the the harmful bit (laughs) (laughs) uh well i think that if we wanted to go into specific plants later, that would be fun. I would love to do a whole episode just on mandrakes because I love them so much. One day I'm going to grow one. One day. <laughs> it's not that day today, but I will. They take us so much work to like keep a mandrake alive and growing. And I am still trying to grow peas right now. So we'll see how that's going. Oh, I feel like what have you been working on this month? What have you been doing? Uh, Witchy magic this month. Uh, I don't know. Lots of lots of weed magic. Pretty much all I've been call doing. You're the weed magician. Huh? You're the weed magician. I like that. That's fun. Uh, a lot of weird, like just go with it things. So. Mm-hmm. Like, I made weird soaps, and then, um, just weird stuff. I don't know. It's been a, it's been a traumatic month for us, so. I think for everyone. Well, yeah. <laughs> um. Well, you guys especially, but I'm saying, like. Yeah. As a whole culture, it's been a rough few months. It's been but. rough, yeah. So, uh, mostly just, like calming we've been using a lot of the morpheus incense to sleep (laughs) oh i should send you guys one of the big ones i have a pack of the sticks and then i have a pack of the little little dudes the little cones Mm -hmm. so i've just been doing that it seems to help that's good lots of kitchen witchcraft What's well, so what? Cooking. Kitchen stuff, like kitchen. cooking. Oh, I thought you said tissue. Yeah. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? Then so researching runes. It's pretty much runes in uh, Seethe, which is the uh, Norse witchcraft that goes with Freya. And mm-hmm. then Galder is runes and Odin and stuff like that. So that's fun. Weeding through the problem sources. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot. I haven't delved into that because it's. There's a lot of, there's a lot of white supremacists trying to co-opt and appropriate all forms of magic that white people have ever done. (laughs) And I say appropriate because that's how I feel it is. Because I don't think that you can attribute a lot of that stuff to people in the past like that. Especially people who probably didn't come into contact with any of the groups these people hate right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's gross. (laughs) To put it politely. It's been... Um, But once I have a working list of safe sources, I will post a Google Doc or something to our Facebook so people can find it because... It's really frustrating, and if I can help other people not get as angry as I have been at a couple of vlogs, I feel like I will have done a good thing. <laughs> there is, um, I'll have to find you to send you the link, but there is a an artist that I follow, and her husband, they live over there, um, her husband writes books about um, whatever their, not religion, whatever the group is that basically follows Loki. Yeah. <laughs> No, Issa True. So there's there's two. Oh, okay. Like I only one, know about the one. <laughs> this one follows um, Loki. Okay. 
and the whatever the dudes that he was part of. I'm so bad at mythology. The Vanir instead of the Aesir. I got to look again. I think that might be it. But it's like Loki and all of those other the ones that nobody likes. It's like just the group that follows them and their teachings, I guess. It seems pretty interesting and pretty out there. And the books are always, like, hand-bound and, like, crazy expensive, and they look really cool. And just as a person who loves books, I'm like, that's a rad book I'd like to have in my collection, but (laughs) I don't have it yet. I'll have to find – I'll send you the um, the last link for it that I had, because it's pretty interesting, but I haven't really dived in because I'm always afraid, like – is, are we gonna find Nazis here? Like, <laughs> right? That's my thing. That's, you I've been like, are you a little bit of a Nazi? Do I need to like? Mostly sticking with the ones that reference like the the museum in Denmark and like legit academics. So far, uh, I have one blog that's not an academic person that I can recommend, which is called uh, the Wilder Craft, and you can find it at thewildercraft.com. Um, and that one's got some really good, like, intro posts about how to get into it and beginning resources. That was pretty good. Um, on Instagram, it's, I think it's Witch of the Word, and Word is spelled, like, W-Y-R-D. Mm-hmm. I'm going to double check before I tell you all this. Yeah, so it's Witch of the Word, and it's W-Y-R-D. Um, and she's got some really good stuff. Um. And the other one, where is the one I was looking at? This one. Uh, BruteNorse.com is actually somebody who has, like, a a master's degree in uh, Norse religious studies and Norse history. So, it's actually, like, backed up stuff, which is nice. Was it me and you that talked about the witch... uh, What... The skin pants, the pants made out of human skin where you'd ask your friend, hey, can I have your skin to make skin pants? And then later it's like where all your money comes from is the magic balls. It was not me, but I'm, what is this? Who did I talk about this with? There's a word and it's in, um, I can't remember the, the, I don't remember if it's like Danish or what, but whatever it is, you get permission from your friend after they die to skin them and make pants out of their bottom half. And normally it has to be a man because it has to have testicles, right? And they become magic pants. You will have endless money that shows up in the ball sack if you wear the magic pants. And it's like an old form of like Danish folk magic, I want to say. But don't quote me because I got to look up. I wrote a thing on it and I thought you and I had been the one to talk about this. No, I have never heard of this. Because I was so excited when I figured out what it was. Like, one, I think it's great because consent. Like, yeah, your friend has to give you permission to use their skin after they're dead to make your magic money pants. Okay, so it's called Nabrok, and it's a pair of pants made from the skin of a dead man, which are believed in Icelandic. Icelandic. I was not even close. <laughs> uh, and it's the 17th century. They're called Necropants. Necropants! That was it! <laughs> Um, and they're 17th century Icelandic sorcery. Thank you, Google. I typed in Danish magic skin pants. And it <laughs> <laughs> there are pictures. If you don't want to see pictures, don't type it in. <laughs> definitely see pictures, though. Like, how cool. What a great idea. Like, what a better use for your testicles than to have I any money come out of skin pants. I'm sorry. There's but. no silence of the lambs happening in here. But if those testicles gave you endless gold coins... I don't care. Oh, well, you and I will have to agree to disagree, because I would definitely wear someone's skin pants if it meant I got money out of the balls anytime I wanted it. Then you have to touch nasty, dead-ass balls. Do you know what I do for a living? I literally touch disgusting things all the time. It is no big deal to me. Like, as long as they didn't smell, like, if they were tanned properly I guess that would be a real big sticking point are they smelly necro pants or are they like a skin you know like a hide cowboy pant I don't know you have thought too much about this I swear <laughs> god it was me and you that were talking about no this. it was not I've never fucking heard of this 
I had a real in-depth discussion with somebody, and now I'm trying to... I hope it wasn't my mom. If you had this discussion with Desiree, please message her or us. <laughs> somebody else was just as excited about it as I was, and obviously it wasn't you. It was not me. <laughs> okay. Nope. All right. This mystery will have to... We found a thing I am indeed too high for. (laughs) Sorry. We're not high enough. I don't know. Just. (laughs) Sounds like a cool band name, too. The Necropants. Oh, God. All right. Sorry. That was way off track. Uh, What what are we doing the next episode about? I feel like we had an idea, and I don't know what it was. It's been a really long time since we were on here, so. Yeah. Quarantine. <laughs> um, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, terrible. All right. Um, I guess we need to... What happened to the lists? We had lists. They're somewhere in the chat. I would have to scroll. That's terrible. Don't do that. <laughs> like, forever. We'll come up with something else. Um, we could pick another god and goddess to do. Okay. We should, uh, make them not white again. Make them not white again. Yeah. <laughs> we should make you a hat. <laughs> make them not white again. I like that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Pick a country. I'm gonna do, uh, an indigenous one. From... Not the United States or Canada. Okay. So somewhere in the Americas. Yeah. Global South. Global South indigeneity. There we go. Sounds good. I like it. I don't know who I'm doing yet, but it'll be somebody not white, and it'll be awesome. That works. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, I will say, if any of you have any other ideas of what you'd like to hear about so we can stop making little shit shows of episodes oh we have that we have we i forgot we made that post most of them like do that one episode again yeah most of those like free bird i feel like was you know people who haven't listened to it getting tagged and then they're like do one about this or this and i'm like we have five on that (laughs) uh the intersection of pro wrestling and the paranormal. I liked that one, but I don't know how we would do it. Um, I feel like I would... You could do that as a Patreon-only episode by yourself. <laughs> the only person who would like that on Patreon is probably Micah. <laughs> I'd listen to it and be like, boy, yeah, this sounds really interesting. I don't really know what's happening right now. Oh, I feel like that's how my professor felt about my paper on wrestling, and now I'm writing a paper on tarot, so we'll see how this goes. Well, see, now I would like that one. I can handle that one. Or we could pick a different form of divination. Or we could pick money magic. Do that. I like that one better. Money magic. I literally have uh, an oracle card in my favorite deck that's just money, 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 bitch. (laughs) What deck is that? Uh, Postcards from the Luminal Space. I always think that's the name of something, like a podcast or something. That's Tales from... Okay, so I'm not crazy. It is a... That's Yeah, that's one uh, mine and Zach's friends do. Wink. (laughs) (laughs) I see you are one of the people that needs help with winking as well. We are both not great at that. I I can wink. I'm just... Yeah, but it's... I have to, like, wind up my whole face to be like, ah. I'm doing it on purpose that way. To oh. be like, ah, ha, ha, Because you're the I only one who can see me. <laughs> that naturally. Like, I need practice. But I feel like winking in general is, like, terrible and creepy. Except for when you do it. And it's cute. And it's okay. Anyway. Okay. Uh, follow us on all the social medias that Cassie remembers. <laughs> Uh, it's Pinecones, Ampersand, Moonstones on Facebook. It's Pinecones, the word, and Moonstones on Instagram. Twitter, you could probably search it and it will come up. It's a weird thing because there were too many letters. <laughs> we're never on there. Patreon is patreon.com slash Pinecones, Moonstones. Um, 
but will also be linked in the show notes, which you can find on iTunes if you just keep swiping up with the little info buttons, but I don't know how you find it on other things. And then you get fun little mails from us. Yeah, which I am very late sending out, but I promise they are coming again. But the newsletter is going up on Patreon tomorrow. So. And every once in a while we do little fun Patreon only things that we yeah. need to get better at. Ooh. Yeah. It's I'm I this summer I'm not really doing a ton of things so that I can do all of the fun things like actually do Patreon stuff on my Patreon and our show Patreon and all kinds of stuff. I like it. You're gonna be doing all the work. I'm gonna be trimming oh. all the weed and being happy. It'll be great. You get perks like they pay you in weed. I don't know. You might want to ask. I would. <laughs> Oh, I'm just amazed that I talked myself into the job in the first place. (laughs) That's great. What a perfect match. You get to learn about botany and weed. Yep. It's going to be good. Hello, bud. She says you're done. That's what she's saying. (laughs) Well, she left her nasty toy in my bed, so I guess she is done. (laughs) It's a gift for you. I'm not happy about it. All right. So the next episode is going to be on money magic and we will talk to everybody later. And then, and, and Oh, that's dusty. Uh, your dog's like making faces. Yeah. I like her face. She always looks disgruntled. Yeah. She's got a cranky face and then she uses like it, it to look cute and sad and yeah. get you into doing things for her. That's exactly what like, it is. She's just like, hello. I would pet you and give you treats if I could, but I can't. (laughs) Inside eye. Fine. She judges. Yes. All right. Uh, Until next time, don't be a dick, eat your vegetables, and stay hydrated.